Thank you. This meeting of the Board of Library Trustees is called to order at 7 p.m. The Board of Library Trustees meeting is being conducted utilizing teleconferencing and electronic means as allowed by Government Code Subdivision 54953E and Resolution Number 1089-21, most recently reaffirmed by the City Council on January 10th, 2023. Members of the public may provide audio public comment by connecting to the teleconference meeting online or by telephone. Use the raise hand feature to request to speak or star nine on a telephone. Automatically generated captions are available to viewers accessing this meeting via Zoom. Captions can be displayed or hidden using the live transcript button. Teleconference meeting details are available on the Board of Library Trustees meeting agenda. Comments on the matters not on the agenda must be submitted prior to the time the chair calls the item for oral communications. Comments on agenda items must be submitted prior to the time the chair closes the public hearing on the agenda item. Speakers are requested to keep their comments to no more than three minutes and time limits will be enforced. Guidelines are posted on the Board of Library Trustees meeting agenda. City staff, may we please have the roll call? Yes. Board member Jane. Board member Jane. I'm sorry. Oh. Yes. So say, I thought I saw you. Um, board member Ma. Uh, present. Uh, Chair Wong. Here. Vice Chair Isaac. No Vice Chair Isaac. Uh, board member Bolter. Here. We have four present and participating via teleconference. Great, thank you. Um, we'll move on to presentations. The first presentation on the agenda is 23-0249, Silicon Valley Reads. Is there a staff presentation? Yes. Let me share my screen here. You can see it, right? Yes. Okay. Do um, you want me to go to the next screen? Uh, no. No, this okay. is fine. I'll let you know when. Um, okay. So good evening, everyone. My name is Karina Huerta. I'm, I'm one of the youth services librarians at Sunnyvale Public Library. I was invited here today to talk to you about Silicon Valley Reads and the library's collaboration on this countywide program. Um, together with my colleague, Richard Page, we helped plan 10 programs for this year's Silicon Valley Reads. Um, Silicon Valley Reads is an annual community engagement program uh, with events starting in late January and running through March. Events are offered throughout Santa Clara County for all age groups following a specific theme and or featuring um, specific books selected by Silicon Valley Reads project directors. The project director I'm working with shared that 37 libraries in Santa Clara County are participating this year, so great turnout. Next slide, please. This year's theme is um, Journey to New Beginnings. Uh, and this year also marks 20 years since Sunny um, Silicon Valley Reads began in 2003. So new beginnings can be really anything from goals you set to yourself to moving, migrating, or even adjusting to the new normal. Next slide, please. And as mentioned before, uh, project directors select books for all ages. The three books shown on the screen are this year's fiction novels for adults. Uh, we have There, 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 There by Tommy Orange, The Second Life of Muriel West by Amanda Skinnendor, and What the Fireflies Knew by Kai Harris. 
libraries normally host book group discussions, author talks, um, and other events around these titles. Next slide, please. Companion books uh, for children and teens are shown on the on this screen. Uh, the two books for children are Coqui in the City by Nomar Perez, Sugar and Milk by 3T Umricard, and the two teen books are When Stars Are Scattered by Victoria Jameson and Omar Mohammed, and um, Furia by Yamile Saeed Mendes. Incorporating um, books for all ages is a great way to create more programs um, and also engage a wide spectrum of ages. Uh, libraries normally have read aloud programs, craft programs, team book groups um, with these titles. Next slide, please. So my colleague Richard Page um, helped plan this these six uh, events for the adult audience. The first two already happened. Um, the Lunar New Year concert by the the Lunar New Year concert by Firebird Youth Chinese Orchestra happened yesterday, and the first session of ESL conversation happened earlier today. The second ESL session discussing new beginnings will take place next month on March 6th. And um, they will also have a monthly book group featuring the title There There by Tommy Orange. The last two events are looking at new beginnings in nature. Uh, we're approaching spring, so a lot of new beginnings are happening outdoors as well. The event on the 21st will feature photographer Joan Sparks and their work uh, capturing wildlife and nature's new beginnings. The last event is a virtual visit to Don Edwards National Wildlife Refugee to learn about animals and blooming, blooming plants in that location. Next slide, please. I helped plan um, events for children and teens um, for this year's Silicon Valley Reads. In the, month, in the month of February, we have a children's essay contest for grades um, three to five, giving them the opportunity to, to think into the future. Um, they get to write about their journey into the future and what they aspire to be and so on and so forth. We'll have a read aloud and craft for grades K through two, uh, featuring the book Cookie in the City. And then we'll also have a teen book club uh, featuring the book When Stars Are Scattered. The last event on uh, March 30th is a virtual illustration lesson from author and illustrator Nomar Perez. Um, and this event is in collaboration with Mountain View Public Library. Next slide, please. And this is a screenshot of Nomar Perez's interview with the local news outlet where he gave us a shout out and promoted our virtual presentation on March 30th. So I extend the invitation to you. Please join us to any of the programs or if you'd like to learn more about what the other 37 libraries have planned, you can visit siliconvalleyreads.org. Next slide. And that's all I have for you. Um, thank you so much. Are there any questions, comments? Are there any board member comments or questions? Um, I have a question. Yeah. What, uh, what, given that we're kind of 
uh, we've been talking about ramping up in-person events. What, what kind of attendance are you expecting at um, some of the events you've listed, the adult ones and the youth ones? Um, so we are seeing that our programs are, um, people are starting to participate in our programs a lot more than before. Um, so we're expecting a pretty well attended uh, attendance. And like, for example, the concert yesterday was full house. Um, it was really great to see um, pretty much audience of all ages. Um, same with the children programming, we're expecting a full house, uh, especially for the essay contest. We we launched it today and a lot of questions on the phone um, about that. So I, I anticipate a lot of participa uh, participation, especially also for the uh, virtual um, author visit, I expect uh, participation as well, um, especially because it's in col collaboration with another library. That's so great, when, thank you. When you say full house, help me understand, is that like 200, is that 50? I just so, <laughs> so it really depends on the program. So for example, sure. um, um, the, the ESL conversation groups are a lot sm smaller compared to maybe the read aloud and craft for grades K through 12, uh, K through two. The team book should be a little smaller as well in size. Um, we are giving out five free books for the first five who register. So that's kind of an incentive for, for the, to bring in the teams. Sorry, I just, so like how many people do we think went to the concert? Oh, yikes. Um, so we had, I don't know how many chairs we had, um, but I want to say over 100 showed up. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. And are we offering just building off what board member Moss had, are we, when it's in person, do we also, is it hybrid or is it only in person? For the most part, they're in person. The only virtual one we're offering is the visit to, um, Don Edwards National Wildlife Refugee and the um, author visit with Nomad Perez. Right, so no hybrid, only, it's either virtual or- Right, right, okay. right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I had a couple other questions. Um, well, then, sorry? No question, I just had a comment that it's great mm -hmm. to see all the activity back in there and mm -hmm. anyway library has always seemed to be ahead of others I mean, <laughs> the neighborhood libraries and getting fully reopened yeah yeah and we've heard the same comments from our patrons so we're, we're glad to to be back yeah can i ask a couple questions about the i'm just interested about the dem more about the adult and the adult book club participants can you talk a little bit about the demographics of the people who participate in the book clubs, book club discussions, especially? Okay, um, so I'm a youth services librarian, so I don't, I don't lead the adult book clubs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know if Julie, I know Julie leads those. Can you help me out? Yeah, so you had a question about like the demographics of who joins the adult book group. Yeah, I'm curious about the the demo, like the type of people who join the book club, who who participate because book. I'm just curious if what, what kind of folks are joining. 
So we get a little bit from everywhere. Um, so sometimes you get people that join, like they come every month, but I also get people that come just for that particular book or just for that particular author. It really varies quite a bit. Um, uh, I get people of all ages, of all backgrounds. Um, I get people, I get, I get to see people sometimes that are ESL learners that are learning to try to read a book and answer questions. So we do get the ESL community that joins us in book group, but it is a very wide variety of people that come. Um, we do get a certain group that they come every, every month, but there's no way to say like, hey, you know, it's going to be this group of people every month. It really does vary just like the community of Sunnyvale does. That's good. That's good. I was worried that it was tend, tended to be a certain demographic that we always got. Um, and it's nice to hear that books, that different books are drawing different types of people. Yes, for sure. Which is the goal. Um, sorry, I had one more question. I was looking at this and you may not, this may not be the right place to ask the question, but I was looking at the Silicon Valley Reads website. And when I look at sponsors and, and um, sponsors of the program, Sunnyvale is a part is participant, but we're not a sponsor. And it mm -hmm. is is that like I guess that's a friends of the Sunnyvale Library kind of thing versus a library participation at, at that level. Do you know, Fever? Yeah. So the friends of the library, uh, Sunnyvale Library, have in the past they've been been sponsors. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm not sure. Usually, usually we bring that to their attention. Um, and I'm not sure what happened this year, but typically they 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 sponsor help. They they are one of the sponsors of the event. Okay, yeah, just it was interesting that I would imagine we would be there. And then, sorry, one last question. Mm -hmm. I was I'm really interested in this program. Um, you said that the virtual author talk is mm -hmm. is coordinated jointly with another library. Is that common? Yeah. Do we do do we do that often? Because it seems like if it's there are 37 libraries participating, there's a lot of opportunity to have mm -hmm. more programming, especially if it's hybrid or virtual, where we can um, bring more opportunities to more people. Yeah, so um, I've part I've been the coordinator for this program two, two times. Um, and the last time we also um, did a team program with Mountain View Public Library. And we tend to do a partner with, um, neighboring libraries so we can bring in kind of the same community um but there's been talks of maybe partnering with um Gilroy or when it just hasn't come up mm -hmm. okay thank you mm -hmm. are there any other questions or comments no well Karina thank you very much mm -hmm the presentation right, thank you you have coming right. in your time thank you have a good evening you too um so then we'll move on to the next presentation 23-0250 sustainability initiatives is there a staff presentation for this yes there is let me share my screen give me one second here okay can everybody see my screen Yes. Okay. So yes, hello. I'm, I'm Julie Moore. I'm one of the adult services librarians here, and I'm going to be talking about our sustainability grants. 
So we received two sustainability grants um, this year. Uh, the first one is the Pacific Library Partnership Grant, and the second is the Sustainable California Libraries Grant. And both of these uh, fall in line with the climate change as part of the CETA initiative, as part of the Climate Action Playbook, as well as this is also something that we're partnering quite closely with our Environmental Services Department with as well to help uh, the participation with these grants. Uh, and the grant period, just so everybody is aware, is from October 2022 to June 2023. Okay. So first we're gonna talk about the Pacific Library Partnership Grant. Um, and this one is, we call the a living nature, getting away with the library. Um, this is gonna focus on sustainability that's outdoors, that's outside your home. And there's two parts to this grant. The first part is gonna be items that circulate for our Library of Things collection. And the other part is programming. So we're gonna focus on things that are outdoorsy, nature, things like that. Um, we're also hoping to have a presentation from um, the Mwekma tribe for an indigenous peoples program. That's also something we're working on as part of the uh, Pacific Library Partnership Grant. So a little bit about what we're going to do with this grant money. Um, the first part is programs. So for the programs, they're going to be doing um, the bike safety, and that's going to be presented through the Silicon Valley Bike Coalition. They're coming here about once a month or so on a Saturday, and they're doing bike safety tune-ups as well as repairs for people's bikes. Um, the uh, urban tree walks uh, that are going to be presented by the urban forest advocates. Um, they were here in October. They'll also be coming back in April. Uh, we're also doing some programming with um, the Don Edwards National Wildlife Refuge. In addition to the program we're presenting at uh, for part of Silicon Valley Reads, which is virtual, um, part of with this grant is we're trying to put together a story walk that's going to be at Don Edwards Wild Wildlife Refuge, um, and that's hopefully going to happen sometime in mid-March. And we're also going to be doing some more programming with the UC Master Gardeners. Um, they were here in November and had a very lovely program in January on container gardening. And they're going to be coming back in March to talk about vegetable gardening, as well as we've got a program planned coming up with the California Native Plant Society. And that's going to be in either March or April. And the other part of this after the programs is Library of Things. And so the Library of Things are unconventional items to find and use in your library. And for that part of our, our grant here, we've got the California State Park Passes, which we now have 105 of. So if you're interested in checking out one of our lovely state parks, there's a park pass here at the library. We're also gonna be purchasing some telescopes for telescope kits, as well as outdoor yard games. So like those fun oversized Jengas and things like that, outdoor fun stuff. And our second grant is the Sustainable California Libraries. We call this one Home Green Home, Bringing Sustainable Living to Sunnyvale Homes. So where the Pacific Library Partnership was outside, this is gonna be sustainable inside your home. We got a very large grant for this. This is a $30,000 grant, and it is funded by the California State Libraries 2022-2023 Library Services and Technology Act. And again, we're doing two parts to this one as well. Part of it is library things and circulating items. And 
the other part is going to be programming. We're going to focus on like indoor sustainable fun, as well as um, the food cycle program that we've got going on here in Sunnyvale. And we're also going to open it up for community led programs. We're hoping to get some community leaders or maybe somebody that's involved in the community in some kind of environmental aspect to present here at the library. So some of the programs we've got going on through this grant is the Zero Way Chef. Uh, Zero Way Chef, she is local to Sunnyvale and is just a wonderful person. We also have her book here in the library. She was just here in January and presented a low waste living program in person. And she's going to be coming back in April as well. Um, we had a repair cafe in November where we attempted 80 fixes on items. So we had a large group of our community come and try to get their items fixed to keep things out of the landfill. As well as we'll be having a shred truck event, and that's going to be held at the Smart Station in March. That's going to be upcoming. And then the Library of Things, we've got a lot of fun stuff for the Library of Things for this grant. This one's going to include things like uh, cookie cutters and fun cake pans, stand mixers. We've got a canning kit and a cricket machine. So a lot of these items um, don't automatically people think of sustainability, but part of this is to keep single use items out of landfills. So we're trying to get things that people would, wouldn't necessarily buy for more than one use, like fun shaped cake pans. And my favorite on the last slide is the dinosaur cookie cutters, just fun things like that. Okay, and all of this is going to culminate into a big Earth Month event on April the 15th. So this is a deliverable for both grants. We are planning to have um, a large Earth, uh, Earth Month event here. It's going to be on April 15th from 12 to 3 p.m. Um, the Zero Waste Chef is coming and she's going to do a custom program for us where she's going to talk about um, some of the Sunnyvale initiatives and how she puts those into use, as well as talk about induction cooktop, uh, induction cooktop cooking and the switch over to electric cooking, and as well as um, all the things she does for zero waste and how to grow items with seeds and promote the Charles Street Garden because you can get vegetable seeds from them, which is really cool. And then we're going to also have some activities and exhibitors that are going to be from uh, the urban uh, forest advocates are going to be doing some tree walks. We've got Fabmo that's going to be here and they do things with reclaimed fabric, which is really cool. The Beekeepers Guild to be here, Watershed Watchers, Youth Climate Action Group and a couple more that we're still working on, but keep this on your calendars. We expect this to be a really big fun event that is going to be deliverable for both of our grants. Okay. And so that's a big over overview of our grants. And does anyone have any questions for me? Let me stop my share here. Now I can see everybody. All right. Anybody have any questions about the grants or anything I talked about? So is this grant available to all libraries or specific to Sunnyvale Library? So um, the, the Pacific Library Partnership Grant, the first one is for libraries, I believe it's in the Northern California area. The second one is available, is done through the state library. So that's available to any library in the state of California. Okay. So you have to actually apply for it or you, the money? Okay. So yeah. we applied and got it. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's good. Congratulations on getting the grants. It's hard, hard to get grants sometimes. I, I just want to say, I think this is so cool that we're expanding to doing so many things, you know, and people can experiment with, you know, 
the stand mixer. I don't, I've never used the stand mixer because it's so expensive and it'd be so cool to just come in and try it. Um, so I just, yeah, I just love that we're doing such innovative programs. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad we're doing the stand mixers because you're right. They are very expensive. I got, I did have a question about, I guess I was thinking about the parks pass and the stand mixer. How, how does it work? Do people have to come in and, and pick it up and then they drop it off? And, and then how do we, like, what's the, how long can they keep it for? And then are there, you know, are there fines or things like that? If people don't bring it back. How does that all work? So it checks out just like any other item you would at the library. Currently, the parks passes are, uh, you can check them out for one week, but that's because we had so many holds on them. The plan is to extend that to now to have the park passes be available that people can check them out for three weeks. And the, just like the stand mixer would be a, a three-week checkout, just like you had a book. So you'd come into the library, get the, uh, get the stand mixer, check it out for three weeks, try it, play with it, and return it to us. And uh, there's no fines, um, just like on a book, there's no day-to-day -day fines. But if somebody does not return an item, then they do get built for it. Does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Any other board member questions or comments? Um, I had a couple questions. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, Mark, please go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just curious how people learn about what's in your library of things. Oh, that's part of our grant is to work on marketing for library of things. So um, eventually it'll be on our website. We're planning to have a page dedicated to library of things, as well as if you're in the library now where the magazine racks used to be, we've got some posters up, but we are going to work on expanding that marketing once we get all these new, cool, fun things in there to expand our marketing, to put it in the newsletter. I know previously we've worked with environmental services to put the induction cooktops on your utility bill. So when people get the utility utility bill, there's an advertisement for Library of Things as well. So we're really hoping to expand the marketing as part of this grant for Library of Things once we get everything going. Okay. I just looked up telescope in your catalog and didn't see anything but books. No, that's because it's not in there yet. But if you okay. look for cookie cutters are in there and so are cake pans I know are in there because I've been working on those. Yeah, I saw the slides and I went and searched. <laughs> like, where's the cricket? Some, we have that here, but it's not in the catalog yet. <laughs> sometimes the board has information that is a work in progress and um, not not completely. I had a question on the uh, the bike safety program, which I think is great. I I, I do see like the promotions that Silicon Valley bike groups there every Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, do we do anything along bike lines? Um, I think, I believe city of Sunnyvale has a bike commission or I believe I'm walking yeah, in a pedestrian do. biking. Have we ever reached out to them as part of this to say, if we're, you know, getting outdoors, what do they have any programs that, or any suggestions for what we could do 
So I, be- I believe that they they actually connected us to the Silicon Valley Bike Coalition okay. because originally they were at Plaza del Sol. And then through this, we've got them coming to the library instead of over at Plaza del Sol, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly. Okay, that's great. I just want to, it, it seems one of those things that like is a nice kind of joint coordination with another commission of people who are thinking about it because um, and then I'm just curious of, of the different programming, you have a lot of really interesting programming coming up. I'm curious, you guys have obviously been doing a lot of this all frequently because I've seen the Don Edwards uh, one before I've, I've participated in that one. I'm curious, do you find, which programs do you find to be more successful um, in terms of interest? Are people, are people participating more with like the Zero Waste Chef or like, or the gardening when it's something that they can do, like it teaches them something? or like the virtual experience of wandering around nature? So we get about the same amount of people for each program. It's just a different group of people of what they're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, like for the master gardeners, um, we, had a, we had a large turnout for their virtual program. Um, we, they ended up doing a virtual program. We had about a hundred people with that. Um, we did it in person. They had, we had about 40. So I don't know about that one for Don Edwards. Um, that's an all ages program. So that's not only just for adults, it's also for kids. And we get about 60 to 65 people for their virtual tours. When we do the story walk at Don Edwards, that'll be the first time we've done a program at Don Edwards, kind of getting people out to the wildlife refuge. So we'll see how that one goes. I'm in hopes that it'll be pretty successful. Yeah, I think a lot of the things that you're looking to purchase for the library of things with games are going to be really popular, hopefully with families and especially, um, yeah, especially with the spring and summer coming up, hopefully. Yes. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. It's exciting. Thank you. Um, Are there any other questions or comments? No. I will say really quickly, we hope all of you will promote the Library of Things as well to your circles, because the more people, we don't want to just have all these great things and not get get them heavily used. So please talk them up whenever you have a chance. Definitely. Great. Julie, thank you so much for your time and the presentation. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Great. Great. So um, let's move on to the next item is oral communications. A reminder to the public, please raise your digital hand or dial star nine on a telephone if you wish to address the Board of Library Trustees on a topic that is not on tonight's agenda. City staff will ask you to unmute your microphone when it is your turn to address the Board of Library Trustees. City staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak under oral communications? We do not. Okay, thank you. Uh, We'll move to the consent calendar. Since we remain in a virtual setting, I will ask my colleagues to use the virtual raise hand feature to indicate the wish to speak. City staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak on a consent calendar item? We do not. Thanks. Then I will now ask for a motion from my colleagues to approve the Board of Library Trustees meeting minutes of December 7th, 2022. Anyone want to make a motion? Yeah, I'll make the motion to approve the minutes. Thank you. Do we have a second motion? I'll second it. Thank you. Uh, City staff, please conduct a random order voice vote. Board member Bolter? Yes. Board member Ma? Yes. 
Vice Chair Isaac? Yes. Chair Wong? Yes. Board Member Jane? Yes. Okay, the motion passes five to zero. Thank you. We'll now move on to a public hearings and general business. The first item is 20 0153. Discuss special meeting dates and approve the 2023 master work plan. Um, so, Steve, are you going to speak on this one? Um, I, I think that uh, it was really just a, a matter of uh, the confirming the dates. Um, there yeah, are, we had uh, kind of uh, confirmed the May 11th already, but we were in the air still with July and September. And now that it's been confirmed that we're in person and we can't do a um, Monday date, just wanted to make sure that the July 6th and September 7th meeting date works for everybody. And Elizabeth, do we actually need to adopt it again? Mm -hmm. We do, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So do board members have any questions or comments on that, on the new date? What day of the week are they? Thursday? Thursday? Sure. Okay. Double check. Refresh my memory, make sure I have it right. Yes, they're both a Thursday. Okay, that's good. Everyone's good? Okay, no questions. Um, I will open the public hearing. Since we are in a virtual setting, I will ask the public to raise their virtual hand or dial star nine on your telephone to address the board on this item. City staff, do we have any members of the public wishing to speak on this item? We do not. Great, then I'll ask for a motion from one of my colleagues to approve the 2023 master work plan. I motion to, uh, or I move to approve the work plan. Thank you. Do we have a second motion? Okay, I'll second the motion to approve the minute. To approve this. Approve the work plan? Yeah, the work plan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, city staff, please conduct a random order voice vote. Okay. Uh, board member Ma? Yes. Board member Jane? Yes. Board member Bolter? Yes. Vice Chair Isaac? Yes. Chair Wong? Yes. The motion passes five to zero. Thank you. So now we'll move on to the non-agenda items and comments. Uh, since we remain in a virtual setting, I will ask my colleagues to use the virtual raise hand feature to indicate they wish to speak. Do we have any non-agenda items or comments from board members? Uh, board member Jane. Yeah, so my question was a general one. I think you've talked about this before, the digital collection for magazines. Has anything changed on those over time? I know they were getting more expensive to to get more titles through through the subscription we had. Because I'm seeing the popular titles are harder to find there at times. So I, I do see new titles coming up, but I just wanted your view of how that is going in terms of the cost to the library and how you're able to procure new ones and if if they should is there a good way for patrons to request digital library titles uh, and this is particularly about magazines okay 
Um, so yeah, there, there there's always uh, every we 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 have the opportunity to review what we offer through um, for the digital magazines every year. In fact, we're doing that uh, currently. Uh, there's always a way for patrons to make suggestions for what we carry digitally by just um, going to the website and just submitting a, um, a suggestion for purchase, um, just as for just as we would for any other material. Um, uh, in terms of uh, the actual, uh, I'm not aware of any changes recently to what we've been offering, except for one notable one, which is I think the Economist. Um, yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Oh, is that the one? Okay. <laughs> so th that's the one that's got everybody up in arms because it's really, it was actually, um, I shouldn't say up in arms, but it's got everyone's kind of um, interest um, uh, because it's a very popular one. And that actually was not something that the library had any say about. It was actually a uh, decision that was made uh, at the publisher level to not be able to uh, provide that through that platform. So we're we're looking at um, you know alternatives um, and um, still still trying to understand if there's any possible way we can get that particular title. Um, uh, but that that was a recent change. But um, it just in general, I I mean we do look at that every year. I mean, we do also we look at see what uh, what titles are circulating, what are not, what the costs are, how the costs have changed. Um, is there a is there still value in continuing with what we've got, or would, should we try something different? We also look at it in um, relative to our physical magazine collection because we still maintain physical magazines, right? So uh, we have had some um, uh, we've had had some comments from the public that uh, about not about they they wish that uh, we were not not circulating. The, the current copies of the of the uh, physical magazines and in those cases oftentimes what what happens is we actually are, are able to offer that current copy in digital format um, so we look at things like that so that we can try to have a strike a good balance of access um, and and also cost right we're, we're, we don't want to um, if we find a, a particular title has a lot of use, in the physical format or digital format, and then what the costs are for both. And so it's looking at it, looking at it holistically and trying to, um, you know, assess what the best uh, use of dollars uh, are for the for the collection. Sure, makes sense. Thank you. That's. Uh, for uh, I just wanted to say that this would uh, is going to be my last meeting as a board member. Um, and so I, yeah, just wanted to thank everyone, all the fellow board members, Chair Wong, um, Steve and Elizabeth for making this, you know, just honestly really fun experience and really fun uh, thing to be a part of, to feel, you know, like I'm supporting the library and the community and uh, all the users of the library. So yeah, it's just been a really, special opportunity for me and you know it's been the library I've been going to since I was a kid and so I'm just feel lucky to have been able to be a part of this for a couple of years so thank you um and you might see more of me in the future <laughs> well thank you for letting us know we're sorry 
to see you go. We appreciate the time and effort you've been able to share with us. And hopefully Thank we'll see you, you at so a library much. event. Yeah. Yeah. Are the I did have a question. Are the future meetings uh, will they continue to be live streamed or if it's in person, you have to attend it in person to, to hear what's happening? You'll you'll be able to participate uh virtually. Um oh, great. as a participant, right? It's the board members that have to be in person. Yeah. We'll be in those that's new, right? Is that new for post pandemic or is that has it always been that way? No, it would be new for the Board of Library Trustees. Um, actually, I think it's new for okay. even Council, I believe, yeah. Well, before oh, wow. the pandemic, they were always, everything was in person. Yeah. The only reason it became virtual was because of the pandemic. Right. Yeah. We just used to meet in the cozy library community room. Program room, yeah. yeah program room, <laughs> and now we're going to City Council. What's cozy? Fancy now. <laughs> I like the library room. It's like our clubhouse. Uh, are there any other uh, comments, questions? Because you know, Steve, I'm going to have some. <laughs> Sorry. So I have a couple questions, um, if nobody else does. And if Steve, if you are planning to talk about these later, then tell me, tell me that, and I'll skip over them. Oh, sure. Okay. But auto renewal started on January 24th. And I was just curious what the benefit of that is or what's the logic behind auto renewal? Because it feels like if we have no late fees anyway, like I it, I guess maybe they're together, but I feel like if I have no late fees, then what does auto renewal add? I was going to talk about that. I, okay. Would you like me to answer it now? or? No, or... <laughs> You can save that. Will you also be talking about the staff in-service day? Uh, actually, I didn't have that one, but yeah, that's a good one. I can talk about that too. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I saw the note, and I was just curious because I, you know, our, when the kids are in school and the teachers in service, I was curious what oh. the library staff did on an in-service day. Great. Yeah, I can talk about that too. Oh, I can talk about it right now since I didn't. Know that. Um, so the the staff in-service day um, was this last Friday. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that we've done uh, every year. Uh, we've, we've often called it something different. Um, in years past, Staff Development Day, we're, we're, we're treating it um, a little bit more like, like you see in schools, like an in-service day. But really, it's the same thing where we, um, and also in years past, it was often on Veterans Day. Um, but we're trying to um, uh, change that because, um, well, for a variety of reasons, but oftentimes we feel that um, there's a number of staff that would like to volunteer and, and con contribute in a service way on Veterans Day and to kind of mandate an in-service day. It's been kind of at conflict with that. And so um, we've, we're trying something different with the dates and to see what works. Um, so uh, this February date, so the first time we did it was uh, this last year, and this was the second year that we did it in February. I think it's it's going pretty well. Um, but the main point is that um, it's a it's a day for our our whole department, so that's library and recreation, to come together uh, in a way that we're not able to do uh, throughout the year. Um, it's a really it's a special day because uh, we get to interact with our colleagues, uh, network with them. Uh, get to know them, what they're working on um, at, at a basic level. And then, you know, beyond that, we get to develop um, 
uh, together uh, around certain um, areas of concern or or um, interest, right? So, like for example, this this year we um, we had we uh, it's it's much like a conference. Um, it's set up with a main speaker, uh, and uh, we talked about branding uh, as as a, our main speaker this year, um, being your own your own brand. Um, and uh, went through that, and that was a really great presentation. And then uh, with a lot of interactive kind of exercises, and then uh, we moved into like a first session, a second session, a third, and I want to say maybe a fourth. I can't remember. Um, but then we, you know, at each session, staff get to choose um, a different, you know, kind of uh, areas of interest. So some of the things that we worked on, um, you know, around equity, access, and inclusion. Um, you know, social justice. Um, um, you know, we had some some lighter fare too for just kind of, you know, if you're you wanted to relax a little bit, um, some kind of team building um, kind of exercises. Um, uh, customer service is always a focus. Um, so those were some of the things that we did, and and the and then the final part of the day was a really great uh, opportunity for us to um, to get started on strategic planning. So you'll you'll remember. As a as a as a group, the board we talked about um, the the library strategic plan and having that on our work plan, uh, but not knowing where to where to fit that in our work plan, but knowing that we want to do that. So that's what we got started with uh, at the end of the day uh, on on the end service day. As we uh, as a department, we were able to kind of um, start you know exploring some of those uh, you know introducing the idea of what what a strategic plan is. Uh, why why it's important, why it's needed, how could it be shaped? Um, you know, uh, who wants to be involved? Um, uh, who's excited about it, which is of course it was everybody. Um, but uh, you know, just kind of introducing it. I mean, we obviously had limited time. We couldn't get into the all the nitty gritty, but uh, uh, it was great to get that launched. Uh, Michelle did a great job, you know, leading us in that. and uh, um, so that's that was the end service day. So it was a really great day, um, and it's something that we uh, really look forward to every year uh, as a department because it is really we're all we're all really kind of you know um, working so hard in our our respective areas, and it's it's kind of a night it's a great way to for us to kind of set aside time to make sure that we're all moving forward in the right direction together. Right. That's great. It sounds like it's really important. I'm glad you guys did that, Michelle. Thank you for organizing that because that's really valuable. It's so easy to get stuck or just focused on your day-to-day -day deliverables um, and sometimes being forced to pull back and being forced to interact with other people. It just gives you different insight and you bring just fresh ideas, which is great. Thank you. Um, so next one, again, if you're going to talk about this, tell me and we'll move it. Uh, I just saw the email about the internet outage and I was curious whether that was a upgrade or you know just the libraries having internet issues yeah that's an interesting one so um it's not the library alone it's actually affecting most of the city this internet outage it's so this is um for those that uh are may maybe not aware this is a uh, february 18th and 19th um so beginning on i think it's the friday february 17th yeah through um tuesday morning the the 21st uh, what's happening is the uh, our IT department is actually physically moving network and server equipment from a location in in the annex building, and they're going to move it to its new home, 
um, physically, like, physically uncabling and moving all this equipment to its new home in the uh, data room and the new uh, public safety building. And so this is really to get uh, work that needs to be done in advance of staff moving to the new city hall. Um, because the eventual the eventual plan is for the um, for the annex building where that equipment is now is to be demolished, uh, and so of course we need to get that equipment out before it's demolished, <laughs> um, and we get it, need to you know get it connected and and uh, and operational. So um, we uh, you know there is no good time right the, to do this because the library is a as you know. Public safety is a 24-hour operation. Library is a um, not quite 24 hours, but it's it's a it's a it's it's a we have many open hours. So you know we were we've worked closely with IT to mitigate uh, the issues. They're going to be working to get public safety back online as quickly as possible first, and then library second um, that weekend. So we hope it won't be the whole weekend uh, that that library internet will be unavailable, but there will be impact at the library. And so that we've started to notice the public about that because um, we just want, you know, anyone that comes to the library to have the right, you know, level of expectations of what, what to expect. Um, but there, there will be, it's possible we may have some services restored before, uh, before end of day Sunday. Um, we're, we're closed on the Monday for the holiday, but we, we really can't make that promise. Um, um, so it's 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 a it's a move that's tied to the city hall project. It's it's kind of it's there's no way to get around it. And we will be working with um, uh, hotspots. Uh, staff will have hotspots to connect laptops to, and they'll be using a web version of our catalog to help the public as much as we're able to. Uh, but all the check-in systems, all the checkout systems that we normally use, will be offline. It's really just these few laptops that we'll have uh, connected to a cellular connection that will enable us to provide service uh, that weekend. So that's kind of what's happening uh, with the internet out outage. It's crazy. The first time the library has been out of probably hasn't had internet in. We had a similar experience with when the um, when the uh, a lot of servers were migrated to the city's uh, co-location facility, um, but uh, this will be the probably the, yeah the the longest time that we're expected to be offline for quite some time. So, but again, I think IT has been great. I mean, they've been, really been working with us, to, and they they know our needs. Uh, we have we we have we've given them all of our cell phone numbers to contact us that weekend. To, you know, because uh, because it's possible we'll have partial restoration of, of things as we go along and we'll we'll work closely with them to test out and make sure things are working um, as the, as the, as systems come online. Okay, great. It's a it's a once in a kind of like decade or even lifetime kind of right. outage. Um the city the city hall doesn't open, you know, except once. So <laughs> hopefully good luck. Once in a lifetime. Good luck, good luck to the entire team that weekend. Yeah, thank you. Um, so then I had another question, sorry. I just, this is what happens when we don't have meetings every month and then I save them up. Um, I was reading, or I saw an article about, and, and this is more a question for Michelle, it might be something to, like when it's library week or to talk at a higher level, but I was reading that about the New Jersey 
information literacy lessons that they're making mandatory for K to 12. And um, I just thought it was really interesting because it's teach it's a curriculum about teaching students in K to 12. It's going to be mandatory to teach them how to find evidence, incredible sources, and to do this. And what I found interesting about that was that the curriculum was driven at making it um, it was a bill passed in their state legislature, and it was driven by the state librarians, which I th I thought was just was fascinating. And they're building the statewide curriculum in, in in like an information literacy part of you know the New Jersey school system. Um, wow! I, I was just wondering if that was something that like could be talked to, or how we how you would even like bring that up with. Like yeah, you know, that's New Jersey is the New Jersey Library Association has always been very, very, very active at the state level. There's a ton of money that rolls from the state to libraries in New Jersey without a grant process. You know, it's just money that they get. So New Jersey libraries are well funded, great relationship with the state. And so they have a lot more pull. California libraries back in the mid 90s, late 90s used or prior to that used to be pretty not well funded but they used to get some money from the state and all of that has gone away so that relationship isn't as good as it is in New Jersey um and that's how I suspect they're able to do something that's that that strong I mean information literacy is so important and when we're trying to when we help anyone um, at our desk, we really want to make sure that we're giving them reputable information and they understand that we're giving them reputable, reputable information and not just Googling it, right? Mm -hmm. um, in California, we do have a state librarian who loves to try new things. So um, I certainly will mention this next time I chat with him um, and just, you know, see what his take on it is. Um, I think it's, really a a great thing to be able to do, um, especially to come down out of the state. Um, the state library in California, um, really through the leadership of our state librarian, has been able to do a lot of procurement of databases, um, which are very expensive, and have been able to allow public libraries and school libraries to have access and provide that access to to um, our, our um, users, you know, good example is, you know, if you look on our website, we have access to um, Coursera, which has like 5,000 different courses that someone can take that are put out by Google and University of Michigan and UCLA, and you can sign up for these courses through that. We have LinkedIn Learning. All of that is done through um, partnerships with the state library. So um, I wouldn't say it's, will will for sure happen. I think it's terrific, but it's certainly something I'll mention to our state librarian um, as highly, highly useful. Thank you. Just, it struck a chord. Oh yeah. I love it. Everything that's so important. And yeah, I hear absolutely. The it was just something I was, I was just wondering if that was something that like, yeah, different states, different funding. Totally. But great. Thank you. Um, are there any other, any other board members have any comments, questions? Okay, thank you. So then um, we'll move on to staff, city staff. Do you have any non-agenda items or comments? Yeah, thank you. So I just wanted to um, 
piggyback on what uh, uh, Board Member Ma was was saying. I just want to thank um, thank you, Board Member Ma, and also thank you, Board Member Bolter, for your service. Um, I understand this is your your both of your last meetings with us. So uh, I have personally really enjoyed. I know Elizabeth. I speak for Elizabeth as well, and Michelle that. Um, we really have enjoyed you being um, part of the board, and I and I really appreciate your we really appreciate your contributions. Um, and I, I guess I also just want to take this um, this uh, opportunity to remind the continuing members um, that as a five member body, uh, we need to have three members present for a quorum. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in order to conduct a meeting, we need to have basically everybody uh, present. So certainly if, uh, as we move forward, while we have three members, um, please, it's just extra important to make sure that if something does come up, let us know, because so, we won't be able to have a meeting um, without you. So um, you're, you're even more important, I guess. Um, but uh, so, so that being said, I also wanted to, um, you know, thank all the board members for, for uh, taking the training on how to use all the equipment in council chambers um, when we were, when, uh, to get ready for when we return to in-person meetings. Um, and then uh, also to let you know that we will be canceling actually the March 6th meeting uh, as we had one, you know, we had one agenda item on that, on that, um, on that meeting agenda, which we can do in April. So um, what that will do, what, what that will mean is that our first in-person meeting won't be in the council chambers if all goes well. Um, the plan is for um, staff to move from this uh, from the current uh, using the annex building uh, where the where the current city hall uh, to the new city hall on March seventeenth, uh, and then at that time the equipment uh, will be moved over as well, which you've been trained on. So you'll be using that same equipment, is my understanding, um, but it'll just be in the new city hall facility. Uh, on April 3rd. So that will be the um, first in-person meeting on April 3rd uh, is what the current plan is. Um, so that's subject to change. Uh, if, if, if That's what we're, we, we're counting on it right now um, is, is uh, moving to City Hall, uh, getting moved into, and then that building will no longer be used and the contractor will start to work on uh, where council chamber is now and then we'll we will actually have our first in-person meeting in april in the new city hall so more information on that to come but i just wanted to let you know that's the plan um and then also to um uh, uh chair wong's question so i wanted to mention be sure to mention the um auto renewals so that's a big a big news uh, uh feature for us because it's a, a feature that we've uh, have wanted to add for quite some time now we're finally able to do it. We launched it uh, January 24th. So what this is, is it, it's, a, it's a new service that uh, automatically renews eligible library materials a few days before they're actually due. And it actually renews it um, as of the due date. So you don't, the patrons don't lose any time. It's not like you renew it um, on the few days before and then you have three days less. It's actually renewed from the day that it's due. So you don't lose any time. And it, it, what it is, is it's really, um, it reduces overdue notices, which we still send out even without, without fines. So it reduces the number of over, overdue notices, but it just really gives patrons more, more time to enjoy materials. And it's more of a convenience uh, than anything else. Um, we've, um, 
we've had we've had uh, no negative comments since we've launched. We launched January twenty fourth. Uh, we we were prepared for the possibility that um, you know perhaps some people may not like it, and we created a way to handle that. Like if someone wanted to opt out, but I'm pleased to say no one has opted out uh, at this point. So that's really great. Um, so um, it, when what what we've learned from other libraries that have 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 uh, introduced this feature is that patrons really enjoy it. That it's a um, it's a real convenience factor that I don't they don't have to log in. They want these materials longer, um, and so they don't have to log into their account that, uh, and and hit the renew button or see what what's eligible to renew or not. The email that that they get just says what's renewed. It tells them the new due date, or it tells them hey that's actually on hold for somebody. It it will say actually it's not eligible for renew. Um, and then uh, then it's actually due. So it, they really don't have to do anything except read their email. So um, it just makes it easier for the library uh, users to use the library. Um, and I can, I can tell you as a result, uh, the results that we've seen, it's only been a very short time, right? So January 24th, but just to give you an example, in a typical month um, last year, we had about 36,000 renewals. And in the month of January, we had about 44,000. And that's only with one week of auto renewals in place. So that's about a 22% increase in renewals just with that one week factored in. So we're, what, we're, what we're expecting to see is our, our renewals and our circulation, therefore, are, is actually going to increase uh, quite a bit. And what we hope is that patrons will just enjoy, enjoy the materials for however long they they want to, um, and then uh, when they're done with them, at a time that's convenient for them, they'll they'll bring them back. Um, and so can I just say really quickly to Council, uh, excuse me, Commissioner Wang, you asked about this. Um, when we when we went away from, as a lot of libraries have, went away from charging fines for overdues. Uh, the habit becomes to let that book just be overdue and someone comes to look for it and they see a past due date, which is a little frustrating when they see a due date that's maybe because it's been auto renewed for them, that's coming up in a week or two, you know, they're more likely to say, okay, well, let me put my name on the waiting list. And it's, you know, otherwise there is a little bit of that confrontation of, well, why is this late? Who's got it? How can I get my hands on it? So um, it, it does cut down on that quite a bit too. Um, where they see more dates in the future than in the past. But can, how many times can an item be auto renewed? Three times. Three. Mm -hmm. So, so my only comment. I'm I'm just curious if you notice, um, like whether people will know to put a hold on an item. So sometimes I might look at it and say, oh, it's 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 going to be due in this date, and I'll just check back then. Versus knowing that, oh, if I don't put a hold on it it's going to get renewed again. And so the item really isn't going to be available when I, when it looks like it might be available. Mm -hmm. uh, just might be a question that librarians. I will say people are pretty, um, pretty good about putting stuff on hold. We have a <laughs> lot of holds that travel through the library. So, <laughs> okay. I think so the word has got, unlike the library of things, the word has gotten out on that part. <laughs> Um, and then a question is, does this also work on digital items as well, like audiobooks, the things in like Libby just are physical? Yeah, just just the physical items. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I just had a couple other quick, quick items. One was um, uh, 
we have we are we have a vendor who who uh, manages our our photocopy pay for print service um and we recently learned that they um they've actually gone out of business they're going bankrupt so um we're we're currently working to find an alternative vendor to minimize any disruption in service um so that's going on right now um the other the other thing I wanted to mention is that we have a there's a training opportunity um, actually from the state library and that's actually uh, on how to be an effective uh, or more effective advocate for libraries with local legislators um, and it's free uh, it's available uh, it's actually going to be held actually Wednesday February 8th from 10 a.m. to 11:30 uh, by Zoom um, so I think uh, maybe after this meeting or no later than tomorrow uh, Elizabeth was going to forward that to the board in case there's any interest or availability um, uh, to attend. So those are those are all the comments I had for this month. Any questions? I think we're good. No, no more questions? Okay, no, I think that was really interesting. Thank you, Steve, for all the updates. Sure. Um, with that, um, we have run to the end of the agenda, then we'll go ahead and adjourn the meeting at 8.04 p.m. And I'd like to thank everyone for your participation in tonight's meeting.